0: Well hello everybody. This is Freedom Empowered broadcasting to you once again with Nick and Mason. I'm Nick.
1: I'm Mason. Hello.
0: So so glad you're joining us again today for what is sure to be another exciting adventure to the realm of success and action and who knows what else. But <clears throat> if this is your first time here, thank you for joining us. We've had a great episode for you guys today. Than what we're talking about today,
1: it's going to be our fight night episode. You guys should all know that on Saturday there was a huge fight. Uh, probably the one that you've heard about if you didn't watch it would be Conor McGregor and Khabib. That was what the whole night was about. It was supposed to be the biggest fight in UFC history. But we're also going to talk about Derek Lewis, who is, by the way, also fighting a Russian. Yeah. But after that, we'll break down the fights, talk a little bit about it, see if there's any learning lessons, and then go into a free thinking segment if we have time. But to start it off, we'll talk about the Lewis fight. So basically, it's a heavyweight fight. Lewis is six foot three, but looks like a child next to the Russian, because the Russian is six foot seven. They're both Towering over the cage, which is a six-foot cage. It was absolutely insane. But if you... If you listen to the interview after the fight, you'll see just where Lewis's motivation comes from. It came from a deep-set feeling of patriotism, because apparently, two hours before, Donald Trump called him and told him that he needed to beat the Russian for... Sake of the USA. Now, that might have been a joke, but if you saw the fight, he ended up knocking the Russian out in the last ten seconds of the fight. Was he lucky? I don't know, what do you think, Nick?
0: Uh well, you know, I, I don't believe in luck. You know that. That's true,
1: me neither. I don't think it was luck. Because I mean if you look at this fight, it was wild for two reasons. The first was just that. How was he able to win at the very end of the match? That's why some people might say it's lucky. Because they say, well, he didn't plan to be losing the fight for three rounds and then winning in the last 10 seconds of the third. They might be right. I'm not saying that he planned it. But But his
0: plan was to win. His
1: plan was to win. And you know what me and Nick think about winners? You know, maybe he didn't want it to go to the last 10 seconds, but winners win. And you better believe he's been training to knock people out his entire career. I mean, that's exactly his M.O. If you watch any of his other fights, most of them don't make it out of the first round because he either knocks them out or he gasses. This one, he happened to not knock him out. Gas. Barely make it to the third round. And then in the last 10 seconds to knock this guy out. And if you guys saw the fight... The Russian's eyes were in the back of his head. It was not just a knockout.
0: Oh, <laughs> it was that, that two punch combo was insane. Like the the guy like levitated off the ground after the first hit and then he hits him with this with the second hit while he's still in right. there. Right. It was That thing was hard. That's like a bus. Just
1: absolutely insane. But at the same time, if you watch the fight, you might think it was kind of slow. A big part of it is Lewis needs to do more cardio. Another big part is they're both heavyweights, and in any combat sport, heavyweights are usually slow. But probably the biggest part of why it was so slow was the Russian was taking his time, and he was being very defensive. Why might you ask? It's because he knew that Lewis was capable of doing exactly what he did. Despite being tired, despite losing essentially the th- all three rounds and needing to get a knockout he was losing you know what I mean and mm-hmm. that's why the Russian was being defensive the whole time even though the Russian was beating the crap out of him he knew that this guy's good don't mess don't don't go eat don't uh, get too aggressive you got to watch out for those hits happened to let his guard down the last 10 seconds you know what I mean? And then, even more, uh, Joe Rogan says after the fight that maybe he could be looking for a title fight after that performance. I think he's capable of it. He himself said he needed to do some more cardio, but if he does, I think he's fully capable of winning a title fight and getting the belt. What do you think, Nick?
0: Oh, I think he's very capable. I remember watching him fight. This was... It was over a year ago. I, I watched him fight someone, and he he knocked him out in, like, the first, like, two minutes, which was crazy. And I thought, wow, that guy's a freaking beast. And now to see him again watching another one of his fights was also crazy. Right. Definitely. Just. But, so, I actually have a question for you. So, what do you think about the Russian? What do you think happened to him? Ten seconds left. So... You think he just got complacent?
1: Maybe. I think that... Put his that, guard down? What, okay, so what I think happened is after Lewis didn't knock him out in the first round, I think Lewis took the second round off and was just like, okay, well, I didn't do it in the first round. I might as well just wait till the last round where he'll be more tired, and then I can you know, have a final burst of energy. That's what I think happened, but that's just my personal opinion. I mean, to say that the Russian let his guard down is definitely possible. There was only 10 seconds left. I think the Russian should have been even more defensive. If there's only 10 seconds left and you're winning that bad, you know, it might look bad, but...
0: Start running away. Something <laughs> like,
1: you know, more than, more than letting him get even close to you with those hands, you know what I mean? So... I don't know. I, I honestly think that it wasn't even the fault of the Russian. It was just simply that Lewis had that in him the whole time. And just because he didn't get it in the first or second round doesn't mean that it wasn't still there. The potential was always there. That's what we just talked about. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't the Russians fault, you know, I mean, unless me, who knows, maybe Donald Trump, uh, had something to do with it. I don't know exactly how, but I wonder. I wonder if that just came to his head, or if he had been thinking he was gonna say that if he won since before the fight.
0: Well, I thought uh, just the beginning of the interview was hilarious too. Like when Joe Rogan asked him, "Why'd you take your pants off?" He's like, "My balls got hot." Right. <laughs> oh,
1: no, yeah, yeah. That's his whole interview was funny. Like, just a funny guy. And. You know, I think that personality is definitely going to feed into his future career, definitely. I mean, we see how it is with Conor, how Conor's just A-plus level uh, communication and uh, public speaking skills play a big part in his success. Now, maybe not his success in the ring, but success as a if you look at it as a job and the money that he made – you know what I mean? As a
0: brand and personality.
1: Right, it's a brand. But just quickly to wrap up the Lewis fight, I think that there is a lesson to be learned here. Know what your weaknesses are because he admits that he needs to work on cardio. and I think no one can disagree with that. And I guess a way that you can relate it to not just the fight but to everyone is if you're going to work super hard to be the absolute best, don't be lazy in one area. You know what I mean? Don't hold your back from ultimate success. He's successful here, but he even admitted in an interview when they said, are, are you ready for a towel? I said, nah, I got first, I got to uh, sit my ass down and do some cardio and, you know, to fight the champion, he probably is going to need that extra little bit of edge. So, why, why be lazy on cardio? I understand it. No one likes to do cardio, but if you're already going to have the heaviest hands of the business, you're going to just be an absolute animal. Why not put in, what does it take? 30 minutes a day of cardio. There's something he can do. There's something he can do to just, instead of, I mean, it's I'm not saying he has, to, he's ever going to be bouncing around like a lightweight, but where you can make it through the second round instead not just be so tired.
0: Well, yeah, like you said, like it it seemed like he took the second round off. Right. Maybe he could have gotten that knockout in the second round instead of the third round. Right. Just it would make him an overall better fighter right. if he could move quicker and last longer.
1: Definitely. And that's what and that's the point is it translates to everything. There's a lot of people who are putting in a lot of work to achieve some goal but then there's just some one thing one device that they have that they for some reason choose not to fix and that's you know it's not a bad thing per se you're still probably going to be successful but why not you already you already are putting in the massive amount of work in all the other aspects why do you need to cling on that one that one, why do you need to not work hard in that one area? You know what I mean? It's so much easier. Mm-hmm. You're already doing all the work. Just put in a little extra and be complete. I don't know, just really just food for thought, but on to the main event. You wanna kick it off for us, Nick?
0: Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> it was Khabib versus McGregor or McGregor versus Khabib, whichever you wanna put first. <laughs> But, <laughs> it does not matter, Nick. I know. It's that's, it's Nick and Mason, not Mason and Nick. So. <laughs> <There's> that. <laughs> but, I don't know. I, I thought McGregor was going to win. I wanted McGregor to win. It did not turn out that way. I was very bummed about it. Who would you want to win, Mason?
1: I mean, I wanted McGregor to win. Just because, like... The fact that he had already built such a name, if he had beat Khabib, who still remains undefeated, it would have remained. And we'll talk about it later, but it also has to do with the the fan base that he's created. I mean, he's... I'm not a diehard fan, but I like the guy. You know what I mean? And I thought, I really did. I really did think that he would just win because he has that much more experience. And, yeah even though Khabib was undefeated, Khabib's definitely an absolute animal. You know, there's something to be said about having fought on an elite level. You know what I mean? Conor McGregor, yeah, maybe he's lost a match or two, but he had two belts. You can't take that away from him, the fact that he held a belt in two different divisions, going up a weight class. And if I'm not mistaken, this was him going up a weight class, him fighting Khabib. Am I right or am I wrong?
0: Uh, no, I think this was the lower of the two classes
1: he got about belt in. Okay, whatever. Doesn't matter. We can make mistakes too. But, you know what I mean? Even though Khabib is an animal, you can't take away the fact that McGregor at least used to be, and honestly still is, an absolute beast. I think the... For anyone who thought that Khabib would win, they would say because he was so good on the ground, one. And two, maybe that Connor's taken two years off. Yeah, he had that fight with Mayweather, but let's be honest, Mayweather's a defensive fighter, so it wasn't that brutal.
0: Well, that fight was more like a publicity thing, right. too. If you watch it, they stopped the fight before... My brother could even like put some damage on him. They were just two buddies. They talked a lot of crap and just had a fight basically. Were they friends? Like that? W- yeah, no. Th- they were like homies afterwards. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it was all a show and,
1: and. They did make a lot of money. Did they make a hundred mil each for that, or did what did Connor make fifty? And he,
0: I'm pretty. Yeah, I think the winner made a hundred mil, and then the second place still made a crap ton of money. Yeah. That's like, I'm pretty sure the fight on Saturday, uh, the winner of that fight only got, like, three mil.
1: No, no. No,
0: no, McGregor only got three mil, but still, if you put it in comparison... Are you sure McGregor to, only the, got three mil? Only got three mil from the UFC, yeah.
1: Right, but I'm pretty sure that he had to have made more money than that.
0: Oh, he probably made more money in other ways and other aspects, but... Like, when uh, Dana White was talking about it, he said he gave Conor McGregor his three-mil check, and he was waiting to give Khabib his because of what Khabib did.
1: Dude, so they both got paid the same?
0: Uh, I'm not sure how much he... Right. Pre- I don't know how much Khabib was supposed to make, but still, like, it's it's a publicity thing. Right. A really. lot of it. And I feel like McGregor kind of just got caught up into that.
1: Well, he got, I mean... If you watched it, the second Conor walked out, you know, if you know what you're looking for, and I'd like to think that I do, something seemed off. He just did, I didn't see the fire in his eyes. I didn't see the McGregor that was out there to prove a point. You know what I mean? He played it off. He played it off. He did a lot of things that he usually does, but I didn't see the fire. It just, it just seemed like uh, one of the connections that I made is, Rocky, I think maybe just the money got to him I think the the even though he might have still been training hard the fact is he was playing hard too he wasn't training hard and then going back to his dumpy apartment to just think about what do I need to do to win and be successful he he went back from training hard to
0: oh I already made it you know what I mean yeah well I feel like I feel like that's like another connection we could make. Like, there's there's always people like if you if you're successful, there's always so there's always a target on your back. Right. Someone always coming for where you're at, and if you get complacent, that person who they may not be as successful as you are right now, but they're working twice as hard as you right now because they they want to get past you. Right, and
1: especially Khabib. Khabib was definitely working his absolute ass off to beat McGregor and it uh, paid off. You saw he choked out McGregor. I mean, it wasn't really a choke. It was actually classified as a neck crank. And you know, that's a whole nother story. I don't think that a professional fighter should be tapping from a choke, even a choke, let alone not even a choke. You know what I mean? So he got paid three mil. How are you gonna tap? I don't know. There's no skin off his back. He's an absolute animal. But you know, tapping's not cool, especially when the worst case scenario is you take a nap. I don't know. Is that is that yeah. is that wrong with me? Just take a quick little nap. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe he could have got. No, out I get it. it. Well,
0: I know seeing the the night crane happen. I- I've seen worse chokeholds on people. I could be completely wrong. I've never been choked out. don't know how it feels, but no, I mean, uh, it looked like he was grabbing like his head. He, yeah, it was his chin. He got
1: his chin in, which is what you want to do. That was a perfect defense. and like that hurts more than getting choked. It doesn't hurt that bad to get choked because you literally fall asleep and that's it. but like, getting your chin cranked on, it hurts. Uh, McGregor probably had some of his teeth got moved around a little bit. I'm sure it was brutal, but at the same time he wasn't... Or he
0: could fix those teeth with the three mouths. So. Right, and
1: he wasn't going to go out. He wasn't going to sleep. It just, that's, they, let, let's just break it down to that. The goal of a choke is to put someone to sleep. And there was no way what Khabib had on Conor would put him to sleep. So there really wasn't no threat of a loss other than him tapping. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that he wasn't getting mauled. He was getting he's getting spanked, but just don't don't tap.
0: But he's already come out and asked, and he's gonna try to get a rematch.
1: Did he? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I saw an interview with him where he was talking about just that he was coming back, was not retiring, but I didn't know that he said he wanted a rematch. So what's he gonna do? Is he gonna Work hard. I mean, so, I mean, he is an absolute animal when it comes to striking. So I still think it's very possible that he knocks out Khabib, but he's got to figure out his game. He can't just lay on the ground or just like, like let himself get just taken down like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Well, I think what happened after the fight was also added to the excitement of the night. It did live. It was some live television.
1: It was stuff. that was throughout the that whole through the whole card. It was there was just things. I'm like, oh, this is live. I guess you could technically say whatever you want. Like when when Lewis was talking, talking about wanting to go smoke weed with Joe Rogan, and then yeah, that happening, you know. Well, uh, in case you guys didn't hear already, Khabib jumped the fence to attack Connor's jujitsu coach. And some people will say that's not a big deal, that it's happened before. But what is a big deal, allegedly, is when Khabib's corner hopped the fence and blindsided Connor while he was trying to recover. Now, at the end of the day my view of it is whether or not it's a big deal i don't know we'll talk about it in a second but i think that the fighters don't really care and as you know when they they arrested Khabib's people and then connor said he didn't want to press charges and that was it and connor did, really didn't show any interest in caring that he got punched you know once in the back of the head by you just spent, you know what I mean? He Ten didn't...
0: minutes getting punched anyway. Right. So. so,
1: the fighters don't care, and that's that. That's an interesting part of this: is the people who cared weren't the fighters, because fighters. They, they. I mean, he's a he's a winner. Like he's not gonna complain. He's not a complainer. Really, what it is, you know?
0: Well, you you also didn't see McGregor out there making excuses either. Right. Just, he needs to get better. Right. I
1: definitely watch one of his and the that's one thing about Connor, and that's why people love him, I think, is because he does. He puts on a show. He's talks a lot of shit, but whenever he loses, he always is humble about it. He always talks like you know what I mean? That's how you know that his his personality and the shit talking and it's all just an image because he an image just to I mean honestly to make him more money. You know, I I would say that's it. I mean, because he's not really that he's not really a douchebag. He came from the humblest of beginnings. He's done nothing but work his ass off to get to where he is today. He's not a douche.
0: He used to be the best plumber.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. So. And then that's that's where. We get into. People being upset with Khabib and that's why Khabib didn't get the belt put on him because they thought that all of the McGregor fans were going to you know just who knows what would have happened if they put the belt on him and that I mean that's that's the part outside of the fighting that people are upset with is that's very unprofessional of Khabib and his people you know that yeah Khabib might have won but how many fans did he just lose, you know? That's where the... Well,
0: I don't know. For me, ultimately, I think his diehard fans are going to stay, obviously. I don't know. I was kind of more upset that they didn't put the butt on him. You know what I mean? Just
1: because it doesn't matter, like, even who... Like, yeah, you don't want to be a douche, and it might, some, uh, like, lose you some sponsorships or something, but at the end of the day, like... You win, you win. You know what I mean? He won the fight. It doesn't matter what his crimes are. You know? You're there here to win.
0: Yeah. I don't know. That's what I was most upset about.
1: You might be right. You might be right. Uh, quick side note. Well, no. Well, first we'll say. that For me, I feel like it was... Exp- like, it didn't surprise me that Khabib did that. People look at Khabib and they think that because he's in Vegas and he's out there fighting a bunch, a lot of Americans, a lot of Westerners, that he's the same. And he's not. Look at where the guy's from. If any of you don't know where Dagestan is, you should Google it. Let's just say he's not from Vegas. (laughs) This man is an animal. And he does... where he comes from, there's a lot of tradition, there's a lot of respect, there's a lot of just a lot of cultural differences. And you could tell a lot when Khabib talks that he's not just talking for show. That's who he is. And he felt disrespected by Connor, and that's why he attacked him. And that's also why his boys jumped the fence. You know, to us, it's perceived as douchey. And I'm not saying that they're not, they're Russian. Like obviously they have a little bit of an ego, <laughs> <laughs> or so, or so we've been, or so we've been told to believe. But you know, in their heads, they might have just been defending uh, Khabib's honor. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, like I, I think that's where Khabib probably differs from a lot of other fighters too. It's like when McGregor talks shit, like no one actually takes it personal. I think Khabib took it personal. And you saw it right. in the octagon. He did. He wasn't going right. to let that slide. Definitely,
1: They were definitely talking shit even during the fight. 100%. Yep. But yeah. I don't know. I guess from an American standpoint, what this shows is that winning isn't everything. That you should have some sort of uh, moral compass. And I, I don't even think... I think everyone should have a moral compass, but I don't even think that that's the, the perp. The, I don't even think that that should be the reason why you do the right thing or or whatever. I think the reason why you do it is just because, look at what happened. Khabib's, I think Khabib's followers did go down. And I also think that uh, kind of just took away from his victory a little bit. And who knows when's the next time he's gonna fight? I don't know. So let me ask you this, Nick. I don't know if you know the answer. He got paid, right? Or did they not pay him?
0: So from what I read Saturday night is that they didn't give his give him his paycheck in Vegas.
1: So my understanding is he's gonna get a I, huge fine, but it can't be it's not he's not they're not taking all three mil away, are they?
0: No, I don't think they will. I I, I I don't know. I should have looked that up if they eventually gave him his money, but
1: I think they. I think they will give him
0: at that. this at the stadium. Right. They did not I give. Think him they will his give him
1: some money, but it'll be a fine. So that goes. That goes to the point of it right there. I mean, yeah, obviously these fighters are in there to win the fight, but you know, you got to get paid. You got to pay for your future training. You know what I mean? So if mm-hmm. if you don't do it for a moral reason, do the right thing because you know, at the end of the day, you might get screwed like that you might not fully win I don't know
0: yeah and and ultimately it, the whole debacle was it was a distraction to his right. victory right? it really
1: was because if he didn't if he didn't do that what he could have done is have Joe Rogan and the microphone right there and said literally anything you know what I mean which could have been mm-hmm. way more, would have been a way more powerful of a move than jumping into the crowd and having a bunch of police officers hold
0: you back, or or, or maybe people. Will end or up no, up. I was
1: gonna say. Well, that might be true as well, but I was gonna say or assume the risk of Daniel Cormier <laughs> knocking your ass out. Did you
0: did you see that? <laughs> well, I, I heard uh, I remember uh, saying something where. Uh, his uh, fighters or his uh, team, they wouldn't have like there's a possibility of their right, they didn't getting get taken away if McGregor was right they didn't get arrested charges. that was yeah that's well, one of
1: the huge things is you know, there, so this is something that I didn't fully realize until everything was unfolding but it doesn't matter how brutal the fighting was it's a competition and it's strictly ran by the Las Vegas Gaming Commission and to them to the Las Vegas Gaming Commission that was assault they arrested those dudes right there they don't they, you know according to the law you can't even flick somebody without it being an assault so they they didn't probably fully understand that that if Connor wanted to press charges all three of those dudes would be sitting in jail probably wouldn't get bail because they could flee the country And could be going to prison. You know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah. It it was a big deal. Not just based off uh, the UFC image, but the uh, legal aspect of it. And you did see,
1: but back to it, you did see Daniel Cormier was... uh, there trying to talk him sense into Khabib, and that's that's something that's super interesting because it doesn't matter how good Khabib is, you go up a couple weight classes and pick just a decent fighter, and they go to clobber him. You know what I mean? And Cormier is one of the mm-hmm. best too. So you know, who knows? That would have been funny <laughs> if he would have swung at him. He wouldn't have, but if he did, Cormier would have squashed him right there, and that'd be the end of it. Yeah. One last thing I want to talk about with the fights is, if you guys saw the uh, Henderson fight, Ferguson fight? Is it? Oh, my bad. It's Ferguson, right? All right. You don't know, Nick. But I don't know why I keep up mixing up the names. But anyways, it was the fight before the fight. And that's another thing because this guy is going to be potentially, most likely, the next fight for Khabib for the belt will be Ferguson, and a little background, if I guess for Nick's knowledge, he uh, had the belt, had to get knee surgery, so he had to pull out of a fight, and that's why they took the belt and then gave it to uh, Khabib in the first place, and this guy had knee surgery and six months later came back to fight, which is way too soon to be fighting off a knee injury. And if you watch his fight, it was brutal. It was it was absolutely brutal. There was blood everywhere. Blood was on the announcers' shirts, and they were jumping around. They his, his opponent too uh, was also just insane. So it was it was by far the most exciting fight. But it's obviously not going to get too much attention with both the Lewis and uh, McGregor fight. But it was insane, and he's way better at the ground game than connor is so who knows next big fight we'll see see if he can get his belt back
0: we'll be looking we'll keep our art, our eyes yeah. out for that and hopefully we see uh, lewis in a title yeah. fight soon
1: you want to go into our next segment nick
0: yeah uh, i think we have time for it our free thinking segment so uh, lately I've done some thinking, hence the name of this segment, about uh, people who spend a lot of time playing video games, like, but not just any video game, the video games like Sims or all the other games where you build a life from the ground up, just like some crazy, awesome life. And I've realized that they aren't very different from entrepreneurs. And I'll break it down so you guys just don't think I'm crazy. Right,
1: because I think you're a little crazy.
0: Yeah. But uh, so both realize that both groups of people realize that there's larger goals out there and possibilities. Both have the imagination and uh, both even have the drive to make it happen. The the only difference is one does it in real life and the other one does it in a video game.
1: Yeah, you could break it down to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there is a difference, though. And that's the point of this segment. The difference, and the thing that you can learn from this, is that the, the difference is that people are not, there's no risk involved in the video game. And I think that that's why people play the video games, is because they want to have that you know, feeling of success or to go out there and make moves to build this, Crazy sim life, but not have to take the risk of failure is basically what it comes down to. You can't just, in real life, you can't just uh hit restart if you mess up somehow. You're going to have to live with your failure and come back from it. And I think that that's really, it, it has to be the reason why people play these games because I don't understand why you would play these games. I don't see why you would. Why <laughs> you would put time and effort into being successful in an essentially normal life video game when you could just do it on your own. The only difference is it's not risky to fail. In the-
0: yeah, and I don't know. Well, what? Basically, for me, is those people who have all those things I said. The only difference is they're not doing it in real life. If they were willing, like, why not risk it? Uh, Why not actually put that risk in real life action for a better future?
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to ask yourself, are you happy with the life you have now? I think in a lot of ways, it's not black and white. So, yeah, you might be happy. But you can't be completely satisfied because that's why you have a dream. I mean, a dream or a goal is somewhere where you want to be somewhere where you want to end up so you're not completely satisfied if you have a goal still if you have a dream and i think that uh oh so i guess then that's the next question so what's your plan if you're not going to go out there and take a risk for something better or is your plan just to live a long life of being marginally satisfied and never pull the trigger is that what the is that what the goal is
0: that might be some people's goals. I don't, uh, I, I don't get it.
1: Yeah. And what does it even cost to take a risk? Let's uh, break that down a little bit. Uh, it might cost you a couple thousand dollars. Some time. I think time is more valuable than money. So you can have to invest some time. But, uh. What I, I maybe people are afraid of the failure, but I promise that if you have the guts to take risk and to be proactive towards a goal, just that your proactive nature in and of itself is not going to let you go hungry or homeless. So I think I think that's the thing. I think a few people actually feel like you know I might. End up homeless. So I don't want to take a lot of risk because I might end up completely homeless, and that's that's just not that's an, I think that's an unrealistic threat.
0: Well, yeah, well, so like if you ha- if you if you're someone who has a drive to be successful or like to attempt success, even when you fail, you're still gonna have that same drive. You may be a little more like your morale might be a little down, but you still have that same drive, that same effort build yourself back up. A lot of people look at failure and I feel like it overwhelms them. I feel like I feel like the idea of failing I guess they see the consequences of failing as more harm than good for your chances of success. Right. But I don't know we, we've we always looked at it the other way. Right. I think if you if you fail you have a higher chance of success. You know where you went, you went wrong. You know what you need to improve on.
1: Right. And let's look at the, uh, the. let's look at the pros of failure. What do you get? You get practice, you get skills that you developed on that path. You get the conne- connections you make, giving it a solid attempt. You hone your ideas and you're able to, you know, adjust your ideas based off the failure so you can try again. And I think the, biggest part is when you fail you realize that it isn't that bad after all and you realize that you know what actually striving and working to achieve my goal was fun you know people say it's about the journey uh i think that closing the deal and being successful is huge but they might be right it might be about the journey the journey's fun i know i'm having fun and I haven't achieved all my goals, and i failed. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to break that mold, to flip the switch, and just be a different type of person. You're pers- once you flip that switch, guys, if you haven't done it, talk to go into our Facebook group and talk to some people that have flipped the switch. It's fun. It's, there's no, it's, it's you're a different person once you become a proactive person Individual that is spending all of their time striving to achieve their goals. It's just failure is not that bad. And you know what the best part is? What if you don't even fail? You're still always that option, too. You might not even fail. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, some people are successful with their first try. They are. Hats off to them. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And another thing, if you ever see someone who's successful, you'll see that they're not scared of failure and they don't talk about it like they're scared. You're not, you're never going to go and talk to someone that has achieved their goals and is massively successful and then tell you, don't do it. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. You know what I mean? Because they're not, and they're, they probably failed too. And you can ask them about it, but. It's not that scary. And it's usually the people who are the most scared and who will talk you out of trying to uh, be unconventional and achieve your goals. Or the, the people who try to talk you out of that are people who never even went for it. People who never even tried. You know what I mean? Those are the people who are scared of failure. Those that have never failed. Those that never put themselves in an opportunity to fail. Who never, who never even tried to achieve their goals. So we talk about it all the time. You can't, you can't uh, take advice from someone that's never done it themselves. You can't take economic advice from someone who doesn't ha- who doesn't have a, a proper economic habits. You can't take advice on buying a house from someone who's never bought a house. You know what I mean? And you can't take advice about failure, and, or success, about people that have never experienced either.
0: Yeah, like, well, like Mason and I have failed before, and I know uh, Mason has said it. I'll say it too. It's not that bad. It's yeah, it, it may for a fifteen minutes, it may hit you hard. That oh shit, I failed. But I know it's actually kind of exciting. You, it's it's a game. Right. You just go back in the game. No no one plays, a lot of people don't play games because they're easy. They enjoy the competition. And I know uh, we failed and we've gotten closer because of our failures. So we've looked at what we need to fix and we've just improved on that. Right.
1: Yeah. It's a game. It's not a video game game. It's a real life game. And the competi- the failure is what makes it fun. I, I don't even there's if you if you just were handed everything, there's no sense of accomplishment. It's the failure is so much more positive than it is negative. It's what makes life exciting. I don't. And what's the point of achieving your goals if it's super easy and you don't have to work at all and they're just handed to you? Was it even a goal? Don't isn't the whole idea of a goal is that the potential for failure is there, because it's not a goal if you just easily achieve whatever it is that you want. It's, you might as well set a new goal that's higher. The whole point of the goal is that there's something in the middle that's holding you back from it that you have to overcome. Other, that's the definition of a goal. If my you, I can't say that my goal is to go eat lunch because it's going to happen. It's not a goal. The goal has to be, there has to be something in the middle that makes it possible that you can't achieve it. Otherwise, it's not even a goal to begin with.
0: Yeah, it it needs to be something where you actually have to put in work for.
1: Right. Yeah. So, you got to just start looking at it differently. You got to look at failure as different. And really what you have to do, you have to experience failure. I mean, I've had... People say to me, well, you're not going out and looking for failure, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not looking for failure. but
0: Who wants to fail? (laughs) Who wants to fail?
1: But at the same time, I almost do want you to go out and look for failure, guys, because you need to fail. You need to go and feel what it feels like to fail and realize it's not that bad. It's kind of exciting. It's kind of exciting to know where you stand, to know... More about yourself. No, okay. This is where I stand. This is where the highest I can get right now. And now, this is what what I have to do on top of what I've been doing to make it to that next level.
0: Yeah, it, it's not just failing. It's learning from failure. Is probably the most important part of, part of failure. Right.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I would just say you had to go out into the real world, not play your games, and make it happen. Start taking risk. Take that action and your goal. Right.
1: Take that action. Uh, Flip that switch. You either walk right through and easily achieve whatever you're setting out to achieve and then you just have to make a bigger a bigger goal. And if you fail, you learn from it. You reassess the situation. Figure out where you went wrong and what you have to do to try it again and then go at it again. And keep repeating and repeating and repeating over and over and over again until you are 100% satisfied with your life and you are the freest possible person that you can be. But yeah, anyways, guys, as always, love talking to you. It's another great episode. And I really like, just on me and Nick's level, how much improvement we've been making it lets us know that we're doing something right. Seeing more people listen to the show, learn from the show. And if you want to get more involved, as always, hit us up on Facebook, join our Facebook group, or send us a private message. Uh, The more interactive we get, the better. And you guys know it, Freedom Empowered is not just a show. It's a community of like-minded individuals And I hope that it can continue to teach not only us, but you how to better achieve what you want to achieve. But anyways, thanks again, and uh, keep up the hard work. Talk to you next time.